Hello and welcome to the Ghoul Squad Podcast. Welcome to the Ghoul Squad Podcast, everybody. I'm Keegan Preslak. I'm Eric Hoff. And this is a horror podcast where two buddies in the middle of nowhere in New Mexico get together about once a month or so and talk about the horror we've seen. The main thing of the podcast is to do a big topic. This week, what is our topic? Vampires. This, this week. I always say week. This month. This month's topic is? Vampires. We're pretty excited about it. Like Vampires is a pretty big topic, but I actually am not a big fan of vampires. Are you? Um, while trying to come up with a list, I realized that there's a lot that I like. Right. So, yeah, hopefully it's a fun... I think that'll be, make it more fun because you. I think you like more vampires than I do. Usually on the podcast, we like to start with our uh, What We've Been Watching segment. Mm-hmm. On this episode, I think we're going to talk about two things, mainly Ouija 2 or Ouija... Origin of Evil. Origin of Evil. It's basically a prequel. And then we're also going to talk about the Exorcist TV show. Correct. But first, how are you doing? Pretty good. What about yourself? Oh, pretty good. We're pretty sad right now because um, our, our, our favorite movie store finally did close in our town. Yeah, it's awful. Goodbye, Hastings. We have no more video store here in Carlsbad, New Mexico. Other than Walmart. I'm not going to count that as a video store. Right. Oh, I was going to ask you if you've been watching anything else that is not horror. Not really. Well, I recently watched Swiss Army Man, and uh, it may be my top contender for the film at the at the moment. For a movie of the year, you mean? Yeah, I liked it that much. Yeah, that's crazy because how, how much you liked Green Room. Correct. Both by A24. Yeah, killing it. But this is a horror podcast, so uh, I think we'll get started. Let's do it. All right, so first thing is Ouija 2. Why don't you talk about it first? So okay. what, did, what did Eric Hoff, easy, think of Ouija 2? I don't remember Ouija 1 at all. Who, who in, does? Saw it in theaters. I'm sure I slept uh, through the majority of it, and unfortunately, I did not off a little uh, during... Uh, part two, but it was like legit good. It was like a super solid uh, haunted house film. I was excited for it because of who directed it. Uh, Mike Flanagan, mm-hmm. is that his name? Yes. Um, I was super stoked on Hush uh, earlier this year. Yeah, so Hush was really good. Hush was great, and that's crazy that it was just like a Netflix um, original. original. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I feel like uh, he took like a turd of a film and then made it something really enjoyable. Yeah, it, it it's pretty baffling how good Ouija 2 is compared to the first one. Mm-hmm. That first movie is like basically horrible. It's basically an atrocious movie. The only thing I remember is the female lead also from Bates Motel. Bates Motel That's yeah. all I remember. Olivia Cook, I believe. No idea. But yeah, um, Ouija's a really bad movie, but Ouija 2, like you said, directed by Mike Flanagan, you can mm-hmm. just tell that like, he really cared about it and really wanted to make, yes, it's a movie for teens, but also here's like a pretty serious character film about a Ouija board that is haunted. So yeah, what I really liked about it was that it just felt like the seventies, like it's a, it's a seventies oh, yeah. period piece. And they even so much as had cigarette burns on In the, the film. film yeah. yeah. And we were Which, talking about that. How, like when we first saw it, we weren't sure if we were like going crazy. Yeah. Like, wait, was, did that really happen? Yeah, and and it's cool because we just said on the film, and obviously this is not shot on film in any way, so it's tight that they clearly had added that to give it more of a '70s feel, and I, you know, I think us horror fans just appreciate stuff like that because it shows the the sort of care that went into the movie. I don't really have a whole lot more to say other than it, it's it's much better than you'd think it would be. Oh, yeah. uh, it's Go a check it. cool '70s uh, period piece, and it's shockingly has characters that you kind of care about rather than just like kids getting killed by a haunted board game um you've got this family that you are rooting for and that helps in a horror movie when you actually care about the people that are in peril so yeah Ouija 2 I I liked a lot more than I thought I was going to and I'm stoked because Mike Flanagan is is really kicking these movies out like he did uh Absentia Oculus Hush and now Ouija 2 and all four of those films are good like, they may not be the best movies ever, but they're really well-made, good movies. So, um, I know a lot of people didn't like Oculus. I did. So, Ouija 2. I think one thing that kind of surprised me about Ouija 2 is it's in no way graphic. Uh, you know, there's no gore, real violence, or nudity. But, like, it felt like it was kind of hard-hitting. Like, I was almost surprised that it wasn't 
an R-rated film. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know how to explain it either. It's not exactly graphic, but no. it's it's just uh, um, visceral, maybe. maybe yeah, visceral is the word. There you go. So my hats off to Ouija two, Mister Flanagan. Yes. So Ouija two is much better than we thought. So uh, I guess it's a thumbs up from both of us. Absolutely. I mean, it's not as good as like something like Don't Breathe, which we were like freaking out about. That movie is, I think, a lot better than Ouija two. I can't wait to rewatch both of those movies. But that movie's also rated R and can get away with a lot more. And sure. Ouija 2 is made for kids, uh, teenagers. So for that, we both really liked it. Yes. So that's Ouija 2. And uh, I think we will get on to kind of what everybody in horror is talking about right now, which is... The Exorcist TV show. And I think, again, I'm going to let you go first because I think you love it, right? I'm really enjoying it. Um, of the horror shows that are currently going on right now. This would be my choice. Um, and admittingly, admittingly, the reason I got on it was because there's this buzz uh, surrounding it. And what I was really digging was the story they're telling is just so different from the film. Right. I thought we were getting maybe a loose remake or something, but it's nice that it's no way trying to remake the film. Um, but it's tight that it takes place in the same universe. Uh, there's a part where one of the priests is looking up exorcisms online and he just happens to pass reading the events of the first film. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome that it's in the same universe, but we're, they're telling a whole new story. Right. So that excites me. Yeah. I, uh, you, you watched it before I did and you were, I had heard the hype, but I think it was your hype that got me to actually watch it. And, and I like it quite a bit. I just don't, I haven't connected to it yet. Like I kind of watch it from afar and I'm like, Oh, that's cool. These priests are doing, exorcist type stuff and it's really cool demon i'll just say demon work like it's really cool possession exorcism stuff that's happening in the show uh, i don't think it's a spoiler to say that it's really cool that you get to see the possession from the person that's possessed point of view so she actually sees this this man wearing this suit that's taking over her and right I don't think I've ever really seen that in a movie where you get to see it from their perspective. It's always from the people's, like the dad's perspective. Like you got to save my daughter and the daughter's like rolling around on the ground, breaking her back, spider walking, stuff like that. Right. Where I think this one's really cool because you're, you're getting to see it from her perspective, what it looks like to be taken over by an evil entity. So that's really cool. But uh, so far I just haven't, like I'm not like in love with any of the characters yet. I think that's my problem. Um, and I, and maybe it's just me cause I don't really find exorcism stuff that compelling. Um, I like the exorcist a lot. I mean, it's one of the best movies ever made, but apart from that movie, I'm not really an exorcist guy. So um, what I'm also digging is how like, it's not just one person who's possessed. Yeah. There's like a whole city seemingly yeah. possessed and that's wild that they're trying to go that wide and scope. That big. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. We've both seen all five episodes. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's safe to say there's some crazy reveals that happen that are exciting. Mm -hmm. um, but I'll be excited to see where it can go from that fifth episode, I guess is what I'll say. It, it seems, uh, I feel like it's really ambitious. Right. Um, yeah, that's a great word for it. That's and, a great way to describe it. Like you said about like all the people that are possessed, there's a lot of them. I think that's super ambitious too. Like, how are you gonna? How are you going to contain? You can't that? perform exorcisms on everybody in Chicago. Exactly, and also, how are you gonna contain that in a TV show that probably doesn't cost that much to make? So, right. like, you're not gonna have like all of them on the Brooklyn Bridge or something. Like, it's how do you, it's very ambitious. But for that, we I, I'll praise it. I think that's awesome. It, it, it's it's cool so far. I'm into it. Let's briefly talk about other horror shows on TV. Okay, uh, Walking Dead. Don't care about your thoughts. Uh, you want me to talk about The Walking Dead? Just give me a quick one-two. Um, I was hoping I wouldn't have to talk about it because I know that it's a lightning rod right now. I'm not a big fan of The Walking Dead. I don't. I don't mean to just. I don't want to just lay it out like you just did, like that you don't care. Mm -hmm. um, I've been watching it since it started. I just think it's the storytelling is not good. I think that they're kind of up their own. I think they're up their own their own ass, to be honest with you. Okay. Uh, like the way they do hype and the way they do reveals is all based around your knowledge of the comics. It's about like, oh, this character's coming and I didn't read the comic. So it's like, I don't know who that character is. And it's all about hype, 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 hype. End of season, beginning of season. Oh, here's the hype that led up to like, I feel like it's just up its own hype. I feel like they don't really care about telling a good story. 
I feel like they just care about being getting high ratings and uh, fan service. And since I'm not a fan of the comics, there that doesn't. I'm just watching something happen on TV rather than caring about it. Are you watching it? Yeah, I watched uh, episode two of this season already. Yeah, I just feel bad for Frank Darabont. Yeah, me too. I mean, I wish he was still on the show. Now, what I'm not watching, but I want to get into, is Channel Zero on oh, Sci-Fi. It's really good. Are you watching? Yeah, it? it's oh, really that's good. awesome. Yeah, Channel Zero is really tight. It's called uh, this season's called Candle Cove, and it's about this. Uh, this I'll, I'll keep it brief. Okay, it's about this TV series that comes on over the air. Uh, to these kids in this town and no one can figure out where the signal is coming from and most people can't even see it but the kids can and it's this like extremely creepy puppeteering show about like these pirates on the ship trying to find this cave and it's uh think of like a demonic muppets is basically what the show is on the on the tv that they're watching so the tone is serious very, very, very serious. Very serious and very creepy. Like the first episode like is, I, I, I don't want to say scary, but it's very creepy. And I've seen two episodes. The third one's out. Um, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, Channel Zero is really cool. It's really cool. I mean, I, 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 like, watch it. I like it more than I like The Walking Dead right now. Um, hell, I like The Exorcist more than I like The Walking Dead. But um, I do want to say that if you like The Walking Dead, that's totally cool. We respect that. And if you like the comics, that's awesome. And it probably works for you. It just doesn't work for me in the same way because I didn't read the comics. And I just think that a TV show should be about itself, not about a comic that thousands of people have read. But millions of people are watching this story on TV and you're not treating it the same way. That's that. Yeah, Channel Zero is really good. The only other horror show I have to bring up is Bates Hotel, which isn't back till... February. That's my favorite horror show on TV, but it's the final season. Fifth season's the final season. Hmm. So Bates Hotel is awesome. I think that's it for what we've been watching. What do you say we get into some shout outs? Let's do it. We do this like every episode now, but and like it's the same people every episode. <laughs> it, it is, but we, we really appreciate anybody for checking us out. And especially if you, you, you hit us up in any way. And we definitely want to shout out Hellmouth kid again. What's up, man? Hey, uh, uh, we really appreciate you for listening. And he sent us this really long, uh, in-depth email about our last episode, which was uh, top five underrated horror mm-hmm. movies. And uh, it was super cool that he had so much thoughts and, and we we replied to him and stuff. He's He's been awesome. So I just want to share, he, he shared with us his top five underrated films. And uh, I'll give you his list. Number five, American Mary. Number four, Slither. Number three, Trick or Treat two vhs and number one triangle i've never seen triangle but all bangers yeah which is pretty cool because uh, i had triangle on my list too so so it looks like some synergy there so yeah thanks hellmouth kid and and i agree with most of your list but i don't think trick-or-treat's underrated but i think he's in the uk maybe Mm. it's underrated there right but here it's a pretty big one but hey i agree trick-or-treat's one of the best movies of all time so I'm, i'm with you there i still remember when it just like sat on the shelf for like two years and then all of a sudden the DVD came out and I just went and blind bought yeah. it. And I was like, oh crap, this is really good. And all of a sudden it's like top 10 in the last 10 years. So yeah, thanks, Hellmouth Kid. Uh, thanks for sharing your list and sending us that e- those emails. It was awesome. Thank you, Dad. So we also have Josh Goes to Hell. He hits us up quite often as well. I feel like he comes up with our episode ideas. <laughs> I think Josh Goes to Hell, we need to pay him some money. Uh, <laughs> not that we have money or that we've made a dime. We probably lost money so far. But... Josh goes to hell. Thank you for sending us a quick message. He said he uh, didn't expect Hollow Man to be on our underrated list, which Eric... I just love, I just love Verhoeven so much. Yeah, so I uh, didn't expect Hollow Man to be on an underrated list, and uh, he picked Vampires to be our next episode over Found Footage, uh, and we picked Vampires, so... Vampires it is! Pick them up! Pick them up! So thanks, Josh goes to hell. Uh, I honestly think we're going to do Found Footage next. That sounds like a good time. Yeah. But uh, he picked vampires and we're doing vampires. So thanks, Josh. And quick shouts to Andrew Sierra for letting us use his audio equipment. And hello, Wes, if you're listening. And I think that's it for our shout outs. You had purple boots on last night. Did he? I think so. <laughs> yes. So, so last night was Halloween. Yes. And we didn't record a Halloween episode. We did and, not record and we're, a Halloween we, we episode. We feel stupid about it, so we're sorry. Or given away the digital copy of Green Room that we promised over a month ago. Right, that we have not done yet. What I think is silly is, me personally, I love Halloween. I love the spirit of Halloween, but I never do anything. Yeah. I never dress up. I never have any real plans. Well, I think it's because you're 28. 
I, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, of course. Yeah, and uh, no, I feel the same way. I feel like I always miss out. Like I have all these plans for Halloween, and then it comes and goes, and I'm like, son of a bitch. I just thought it was funny that uh, we kind of ended up meeting up last night, and uh, we had no plans to. Uh, there was the first annual light parade uh, here in our uh, little city. It was that, nothing. It was very small. If the first annual Halloween light parade sounds like a small town thing, let me assure you, it, it, was. it is. Yes. Um, I had two favorite floats, though. Okay. Uh, you're going you're gonna to review Carlsbad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What was your two favorite floats from last night? The first night? one was there was, just, there was one with dogs just dressed up in skeleton yeah. costumes. That was tight. And then, and then there was a clown car. Yeah, the clown car was pretty but tight. But there was only two clowns in it. Shouldn't yeah. there be a lot more clowns in a clown car? Uh, Anyways, yes. I appreciated the effort of whoever put that together. Oh, here's hoping for another one, a bigger one next year. We also ended up in a haunted house together last night. That was a good time. Yeah, there was a there was a, a ring gag. Yeah, a ring gag. Yeah, I think there was a TCM gag too, right? Because was that guy supposed to be a like Leatherface? That he was, was wearing a werewolf mask though. Oh, I didn't look at him because there were sparks coming off. The never mind. What sucked was... Uh, Thanks, Lions Club of Carlsbad. Yeah, so it was me and my buddy Dana and then this couple, and they were in front of us, and so they were getting all the jump scares. Yeah. So whenever I would walk into a room... Dudes would just stare at you. It was over. Yeah, yeah. like the gag. And uh, they were walking so fast, and I was trying to just like go slow, so I like take in you know, all the, the yeah. sights and everything. Yeah, I went with uh, my buddy uh, Wes that we always reference, and as well as my brother and his girlfriend, Zebra. Hello, Ben and Zebra. Anyways, um, and they, me and Wes went first, and so we had the rest of the group behind us, and we got the opposite. They would wait till we walked by and then do jump scares, so we were just like basically watching everyone else get the jump scare, but it was a ton of fun. It was Any, a ton of fun. Anyways, thanks Lions Club of Carlsbad to, for your, your tiny haunted house that we're now reviewing on a worldwide podcast. Worldwide, that, yes. That no one listens to. Yes. So so anyways, uh, we had a good time on Halloween. Uh, we hope all you had a happy Halloween. Yes. And now we're coming up on Thanksgiving. So keep watching those horror films. Pretty sad. How many Thanksgiving horror movies are there? Just one? Thanksgiving. The only one I know of off the top of my head is Blood Rage, and it's not even... The, the holiday doesn't play into the film. You know, it just happens to be happening on Thanksgiving. This holiday season. You'll be coming You out. know, I was going to keep going about the haunted house, but you seem to have stopped, so let's keep going. In a body bag. What else did you have to say about the haunted house? Oh, just there was a terrible part where you had to walk up these steps, and there's a strobe light going. I can't see these steps. No, and then you had to go down a uh, drawbridge. And then there was this like lady in like a uh, a straight jacket, and she's like screaming in your face, "Watch your step!" <laughs> and it's like <laughs> we we know that we there's a strobe light. Yep, pretty yeah. ridiculous. So that was a good time. Yes. Anything else about that? Nope. Um, because no one knows what you're talking about. I'm sure other people went to haunted houses, but not this one. <laughs> right. Uh, so if you are looking for a haunted house, go to the uh, Canyon Street <laughs> Haunted House in Carlsbad, New Mexico. Um, anyways, so I think that's it. Yes. Uh, we hope everybody had a happy Halloween out there. We're upset we didn't get our podcast out, but whatever. What do you say we get into our topic? Let's do it. It's time for this episode's topic, vampires. Bloodsuckers. All right, yeah, so this episode's topic is vampires. So we're going to give our top five favorite vampire films. Correct. And uh, I guess I'll just ask you, do you like vampire movies? I do, but there's quality. There's qualities that vampires have that I don't care for, like the seductiveness. Sure. Uh, like like sexy me. vampires. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I do like vampire films in general. If we're thinking of other subgenres in films, I would probably pick some others over vampires. But yes, I do dig vampire films. Um, this is where you ask me, Keegan, do you like vampire movies? Nope, don't care. Okay. Um, I am not a big fan of the vampire genre. I say that in is so much. I like a couple of them like a lot. And then from there, I don't really like them as much. So I think it's, I think it's good context to have. So, you know, I think... If you don't like vampires as much, maybe you'll like my list more. If you like them more, maybe you'll like Eric's list more. I could say that uh, I used to, I was a, when I was a kid, 
I was a big fan of the Buffy series. I watched the entire series on DVD. DVD. And nice. uh, really enjoyed that. But that's more of like sexy vampires. And Sarah Michelle Gellar, let me just say. The film came first, right? Is still hot. Yeah, I know. I've never seen the film. Period? Nope, never Joss seen Whedon. it. Joss Whedon. Yeah, I know. Interesting. It's been a real minute since I've seen it. Can you think of what the first vampire movie you saw was? I can tell you mine if you want to think. Um, off the top of my head, I would say Lost Boys, but I don't know if that's correct. Lost Boys is better than one that I saw, and maybe this will show up on your list. But the, I think, you know what? It was in, I think this came out in 98, and it, I feel like people are going to say, man, they must be young. Um, I'm, jo- tw- I'm 25, you're 28. 28. Um, so the first, I think the first one I saw was Blade. Oh, okay. As sad as that is. I was going to say Carpenter's Vampires. I never saw Carpenter's Vampires. I really want to see that movie, but I've never seen it. Ghost of Mars? I've seen Ghost of Mars. I remember when I first saw Blade when I was a kid, it uh, it's, it, it scared me. It scared me too. It's it's not a scary movie in any way. It's not. Um, but I remember just thinking like the, the blood showers and stuff being mm-hmm. scary. And then one more question before we get to our honorable mentions. Lay it on me. Uh, what do you think makes a good vampire film? Oh, good question. A good vampire film. I think for me, it's uh, at least as, as far as my list is is humor. I because okay. I don't really like the the genre that much. I don't. I'm not really a huge fan of vampires. I think the humorous ones, the comedies, are are the ones that I tend to gravitate towards. But I'm not saying that makes a good one for everybody. But for me, I like the funny vampire movies. Basically, I'm with you. Can you you think you agree? I do. So that's it then. That's what makes a good vampire film. <laughs> Yeah, I guess uh, maybe my list will describe this better, but I feel like vampire films that just use the vampire themes as a backdrop. Sure. No, that's a great that's a great uh, way. Yeah. So, do you want to get to honorable mentions? I actually have another list aside from honorable mentions. Let's hear it. I have a list of vampire films that I would like to see. <laughs> I love this. Go ahead. Yeah. I have not seen. Number one, and the blue just came out, Salem's Lot. I have never seen Salem's Lot. I thought you rented it on Amazon one time. No, that was it. So you haven't seen Salem's Lot either? Nope. So we're just two peas in a pod. Yeah. I've never feel, seen Salem's Lot. I'll just say I feel really bad about it. I know. I'm. That sucks. Huh. We, we need to see Salem's Lot. Go ahead. Interesting. Number two, Del Toro's directorial debut, Kronos. Yeah, I'm not a big Del Toro fan. I think that's crazy. Me? Yeah, I think that's crazy. Everybody loves him. I love Del like, Toro. Listen, we don't have to get into it. Uh, I like him. Next just, episode, top Del Toro films. <laughs> I just don't. I'm not in love with him like everyone else, but I think he's a good director. It, another film on my list: Interview with a Vampire, uh, with Tom Cruise. Never seen it. Yeah. And the last one on my list: Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. I have seen it, but it was a long time ago. Gary Oldman. Never seen it. Well, there you go. That's Eric's. Vampire films, I'd like to see. <laughs> and thanks for listening to the podcast. <laughs> um, do you want to get into our honorable mentions now? Well, why don't you go first since I talked. So I'm going to start with my honorable mentions uh, with a movie I already said, which is Blade and Blade 2. Um, also on my honorable mentions. Yeah, these are movies that I actually didn't even consider for this list, which I kind of, in retrospect, I should have considered. But the reason I didn't is because they're more like vampire action movies Correct. And I don't really feel like that fits into horror, but they are vampire movies, so I just overlooked them. But um, I, I like the first Blade a lot. Blade 2 gets a lot of its love because of Del Toro. I think it's a good movie, but I like the first one more. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to make my list because I don't I, I don't love them, but they're cool. Uh, Blade Trinity sucks. Uh, I have a problem with leather-clad martial artist vampires. Uh, or Underworld. Uh Yes. But although we like Kate Beckinsale, but like the vampire stuff, I'm thinking Blade Two specifically. Yep, yep. it's like really tight. You know, yeah, he ended up kind of doing all that with the strain. Yeah, how they the, have like a separate tongue yep. in their mouth. Yeah, and they like suck onto people's faces and stuff. Yeah, the strain, by the way, started out okay. Not a good show. Um, I just saw it here and there because my girlfriend was watching it. I don't know nothing about it. It's not good. Uh, let's hear another one of your honorable mentions. Okay, so I'm not a black and white silent film guy, but I'd be remiss if we did not mention these two films. Nosferatu. And Bela Lugosi's 1931 Dracula. Yep. Two staples of the genre. Definitely. Nosferatu's awesome. It's just, I kind of agree. Like, I'm not going to put it on my list, but it's freaking awesome. I feel like any other 
podcast, these two films would probably be in top five. But maybe, but, that's what but, the, the, but maybe it's our age. Well, that's the charm of our podcast. I feel like we have our own thing. Right. You know. We like our top five underrated. I feel like it would have been like much different for anybody else. But for us, it was it's us. It's what we do. So Correct. I, I kind of like that. That We're not going to lie. Like I like Nosferatu, but it's not going to make my top five. Right. Yeah, exactly. But definitely great vampire movies. Yes. Having said that, I did make Hitchcock my number one director of all time. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, another honorable mention for me is uh, Once Bitten. Okay, Jim Carrey. The Jim Carrey uh, vampire comedy. That's that's a really fun movie. Not a whole lot to say about it. It's just a ton of fun. I'm not um, sure if I've ever seen it. It's it's nowhere near as good as something like... Uh, actually, I'm not going to name the other films because they're going to be on my list. But um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's just an honorable mention. Once Bitten. Uh, another one from you. Another one I have. And I actually thought this was going to make my top five. Uh, but it didn't. Uh, Stakeland. Yeah, Stakeland's awesome. I love how just like down and almost like depressing it is. Um, the vampires are treated as just like these like nasty monsters and they're no way glamorized. And uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, part two recently aired on Sci-Fi and that was surprisingly solid as well. Yeah. So I, I have them both on my honorable mention list. I thought that'd be on your list because I know how big of a fan you are. But mm-hmm. it's also vampires is a pretty big topic. So I'm kind of also not surprised it didn't make it. Uh, love Nick DeMossi. Yep. Love Jim Mickle. So another one. A petition <laughs> to get Jim Mickle to direct another horror film. Stay Clan 3. Yeah, he didn't do two. He just, it's he a, just joke. It's a joke. Script. Have you ever heard of a joke? No, could you explain that, please? So, another honorable mention for me is is the only sexy vampire movie that I do love, and it's Kiss of the Damned. And have you, you did you finally see Kiss of the Damned? Nah, Milo... Uh, yeah so this movie is awesome because it's just like vampires getting it on but in an adult way and when i say also getting it on i also mean like blood and sex and everything you want but it also the cool thing about kiss of the dam is it feels like a 70s vampire movie with those elements i already said uh and that's awesome because it only came out two years ago so, Kiss of the Damned, honorable mention. That's an awesome movie. If you haven't seen it, check it out. What's another one from you? Another one that I also thought was going to make the list. Near Dark. Catherine that- Bigelow's. I love how it's like a Western, even with like romantic elements. And the word vampire is never used once. Yes. And uh, what's his name? Super solid cast. Matt- Lance Henriksen. Lance Henriksen. Yep. Bill Paxton. Yeah, I love, love uh, Near Dark as well. I have two more honorable mentions. And uh, one of them is 30 Days of Night. Did not make my list, but a freaking awesome vampire movie. I'll never forget seeing that movie in theater. And there's this, there's this like head crush at the end of the movie that I literally like, I remember being taken aback by because I was sitting in a theater full of people and this person's head got like, I'm pretty, I can't remember specifically, but it was like a head smash and you saw it like, uh, yeah. Very uh, visceral, gory movie. Uh, 30 Days a Night's awesome. Also on my honorable mention list. Yeah. What's another one from you? Uh, the Last Man on Earth. It is a Vincent Price film. Uh, it's the first adaptation of the novel, I Am Legend. And what I dig so much about it is how similar the original Night of the Living Dead is to it. And Last Man on Earth has four years on uh, the original Night of the Living mm-hmm. Dead. And uh, I think that's why I took to it so much because I enjoyed the original night so much. So it was great to see a very similar film. When, when are we going to do a zombies list? Whenever, Doc. Okay. Whenever Josh Goes to Hell tells us to. <laughs> Hello, Josh Goes to Hell. Um, and of those three adaptations, I'd actually say The Last Man, Last Man on Earth is my favorite. Oh, cool. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. We also got Omega Man and I Am Legend. I was going to say, is this where we bring up I Am Legend, the Will Smith film? I actually like I Will do Smith? too. Like, I think it's possibly just because I like Will Smith so much. Yeah, I mean, it's also the big budget of that movie. Like, it's so so big um, that I feel like I I just feel like I I appreciate its ambition. Like I've already said, but um, ultimately those stupid creatures that look awful in oh, what CG. Are they? Yeah. I don't even know. They're supposed to be like vampires, but they're not. But they it's, run. It's awful. Um, but uh, yeah, I definitely, I like that movie, but you're talking about Last Man on Earth. So one of my favorite things in the world, I've said in past horror, excuse me, I've said in last episodes is horror punk. 
Mm-hmm. And one thing that got me stoked on Last Man on Earth was uh, there was a band that I liked. They sampled samples from Last Man on Earth. So it was just really exciting to finally hear where those samples <laughs> right. had, uh, came from. We used to do that with uh, with uh, like grindcore metal bands. They used to sample a lot of horror movies. Mm-hmm. And I remember we'd hear one and... Uh, when we finally found out what it was, we'd be all excited, but exactly. that's kind of inside baseball. Um, my last honorable mention is, uh, Daybreakers. Daybreakers is a freaking awesome movie that I feel like no one's seen. Have you seen Daybreakers? Ethan Hawke. Oh, yes, I have. Willem Dafoe. I did not even think of it though for my list. It, again, kind of an action vampire movie, but it is very, very, uh, bloody. Yeah. And I remember kind of seeing it in theater and going, holy crap, there's like, this is a lot of uh, violence. Um, so I liked it for that. Daybreakers is awesome. It's a really cool vampire movie. Again, kind of a bigger budget um, action movie. But yeah, Daybreakers. If you mm. have not seen it and you like vampires, for sure watch Daybreakers. Do you have any more honorable mentions? I do. I have a couple more. Let's um, hear them. I really wanted this on my list because who directed it, but I've only seen this movie one time and it's been so long. Um Maybe I should just put it on my list just to have, you know, cred. Uh, mm-hmm. George Romero's Martin. Yeah. Um, you talk about that movie a lot. Yeah. I've only seen it one time. It's in, it's real hard to find because it's um, out of print. Um, I think it's available on YouTube, but it's just such bad quality. Yeah. Um, we don't promote that. I just remember watching it and being stoked on it, but it's been so long mm-hmm. and I'd love to revisit it. Uh, another film I got is Shadow of the Vampire. Have you seen this film? I haven't, but I know I know what you're talking about. Such a cool idea. It's like the making of Nosferatu. John Malkovich plays the director. I can't pronounce his last name. And William Defoe is supposed to play, I also can't pronounce his last name, the man who played Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. But it kind of makes you believe that this actor may not be an actor, but actually a vampire. Yeah. Such a cool idea. Um, another one I got is A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Yeah, the, with the skateboard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I almost like how she's almost like a vigilante Yeah, uh, in a way. Is that movie Iranian or? I think it was, yes. It was a really but cool I think it was actually like shot origin. in like California. Yeah, but But still. yeah, it's supposed to be. And last one, I'm sure you're going to talk a lot about this movie. Guaranteed to be on your list. Go ahead. What We Do in the Shadows. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a fun, silly film. I agree. Yeah. I think you should start your list. Okay. So, what is Eric Hoff's number five number vampire five. film? Favorite vampire film. And excuse me if I shed a tear bringing up this film. Well, they may see it because this is being recorded on video. Oh, Correct. It's a podcast. We'll be posting the link later. Remember when it was uh, raining and thundering in that episode? I do. And it picked it up on the mics? I wish that was happening right now. Right. So what is Eric Hoff's number five vampire film? The Fright Night remake. Definitely a good movie. And uh, it's a solid remake. And I love Anton Yelchin so much. I think it's crazy when people say they don't like Me too, the Fright yeah. Night remake. I'm not too sure what they're picking at. Yep. Maybe it's, oh, I just don't like remakes. Oh. I'm all for remakes. I'm all for sequels. I'm all for remakes. I'm all for reboots because I love these characters. Yeah. And I want more. Of these characters. I'm going to modify that a little bit. You're all for good remakes. I'm willing to give them a chance. Yeah, that's what Minus I mean, the yeah. Prom Night remake. But yeah, Friday Night remake, <laughs> solid vampire film. Uh, Colin Farrell's a great Jerry Dandridge. We mm-hmm. even get a great uh, Chris Saradin cameo uh, in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it follows the trend of modern remakes where um uh, takes the premise and maybe makes it more action-y. But uh, such a fun film. Yeah, I really like the Fright Night remake. I agree with you 100%. It would not have made my my list. Um, I was going to talk about it. It's not on your list? The remake? Yeah. No. Damn. But uh, I really like the movie a lot. Yeah. Um, it, so good. It's a ton of fun. And I think what you kind of hit on is that cast is just too good. Mm-hmm. Like Anton Yelchin, his girlfriend in the movie, I think, is Imogen Poots. Correct. And she's in uh, Green Room. Correct. And she's she's awesome. She's such a good... Uh, girlfriend for that character and then um colin farrell is just sick in the movie he's he's like a he's like the ne- it's basically it's like fright night but let's make it really expensive but also pretty good right and i agree yeah fright night remakes awesome good stuff so my number five is a movie i already talked about oh, okay 
So Near Dark is my number five vampire film. And uh, it's kind of for everything you already said. It has a great cast. The direction is completely insane by Catherine Bigelow. And uh, it's just, I honestly, I think the look, the look of the film and then the feeling of like family towards the end of the movie where sure. like they accept him and stuff. Just such a cool movie. But I got, I honestly got to say the look of it, like just that cover uh bill paxton burnt yeah bill paxton burnt like and it's just like his face all charred Mm -hmm. because he's a vampire the look of that movie alone is like borderline why it's so good and then the direction and then the cast and then everything else so yeah i don't have a whole lot to say about near dark but it's just such a classic and it's kind of shocking that i you know i hadn't seen it uh, uh until two years ago i had never seen near dark and I, I, I finally watched it and I was like, yeah, everybody was right. This is just one of the best um, horror movies uh, ever made. So, yeah, Near Dark, uh, fantastic vampire movie. A movie that almost doesn't even feel like a vampire movie because I think it's just directed as a film and there's vampires in it. And again, right. I like that. So, Near Dark. What is your number four? The Lost Boys. It was like one of those movies that I was into uh, when I was young, even before I was into horror films uh the Corys are cool the fa- the frog brothers are cool uh the idea of staying young forever is mm-hmm. cool keith sutherland is cool and it's just a solid vampire film yeah i agree 100 percent um i'm gonna talk about last boys uh in a in a little while but i agree what else do you joel like about schumacher it? yeah how weird right right uh, what's interesting about Joel schumacher is like his hits are bangers and <laughs> and, and then he has like turds as well I agree. Yeah, like uh, eight millimeter is really, really yeah, good eight, in my opinion. Eight millimeter is great. Like I yeah. only saw that a couple of years ago, and that movie blew me away. It's super solid. Yeah. yeah. And then he does those Batman movies that suck, and it's like, what, what, what's he doing? What has he been doing lately? Do you know? I have no idea. Well, yeah, any, anything Boys. else to say about Lost Boys? No, other than, I feel like you've been too short on him. So okay, uh, other than you know, it's kind of like one of those. I would almost describe it as feel good. Just yeah. because it's a film that I probably associated with uh, being watching it when I was younger, um, and I also just kind of feel like it's a vampire film that like people know that people like, even if they're not interested yeah, in so, horror films. It's it's a very broad and popular film. Absolutely, and I, I'm kind of surprised that you actually included it. And I'm not joking because you kind of normally don't include the bigger movies mm. on your list. Does Eric have any arbitrary exclusions this week? No. No, 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 no. I haven't done that the last two or three episodes. Da! <laughs> I need a, uh, we need to get an audio drop for like, da 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 da, Eric's arbitrary exclusion. Da 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 da. Okay, um, that's it for Lost Boys? That's it for Lost Boys until so you come back to it. Okay. Um, my, What's your number four, da? My number four uh, vampire movie is a movie I've talked about quite a bit on the podcast, and it is Let Me In slash Let the Right One In. So you got a tie. And- well, I don't really know. They're so similar, and I like both of them so much. This is different from like your Fright Night, Fright Night remake. Uh, Fright Night remakes a much different movie. It's the same story, but it's it's different. Um, Let me in and, and the Let the Right One on are almost shot for shot. Um, they just have an American cast and an American director versus Spanish director confession. But yeah, well, oh, you've never seen it. I've never seen Let the Right One in. I've seen the remake. Uh, well, like I said, I, I honestly put both of them at number four because they're so good. So I'm a huge fan of Matt Reeves. So I think I'm just going to go ahead and talk about the remake, which I kind of feel bad about because in no way am I trying to say it's better um, than the original. I think they're both on par. I think they're both that good. But I'm going to talk about the remake a little bit with uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, who's very, very good in... Uh, I honestly think it's the best movie she's made is let me in uh, kick ass a little bit, but she's not the main character of kick ass. Um, she's just fantastic. And let me in. And then um, the direction of both of them, like I think blood in the snow is always good. Uh, and it's in both these movies and it's super cool. And then if you remember uh, these films have uh, one of the best endings of recent memory, uh, I'm not going to spoil it, but it's, it's uh so let me in, let the right one in. They're both fantastic movies that, feature vampires but it's more of a relationship film between kids it's like a kids film yeah i'm not really sure what else to say about it they're just solid solid movies and like i said they're both just so good i'm gonna put them at number four as one movie 
Um, it'd be like putting the funny games, original funny games and the remake together because they're shot for shot. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel about them. So let me in. Let the right one in. Number four. What is Eric Hoff's number three vampire film? Somehow I almost forgot about this film completely. And then and then it and then it found its spot on my number as my number three. Uh from Dust Till Dawn. Okay. Robert Rodriguez is from Dust Till Dawn. Uh was it written by Tarantino? I I I believe so. Uh and it stars him and George Clooney. Uh, and, and you mean the T V show, right? You know I watched the first season right. and I thought it was whatever. El Rey. Uh, yeah, exactly. I love how yes, it's a vampire film, but like that doesn't occur until like the second half of the film, you know, it's like a hostage heist film that just completely switches gears and it goes from like zero to a hundred and just completely, uh, commits to being a vampire. Film. Yeah. Being the genre basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That would be on my honorable mentions. I don't know why I didn't put it on there. Uh, I think I just forget about a lot of vampire movies. I hear you. That's why I'm saying uh, like, I completely forgot about this film. And then like last minute I was like, Oh crap from dust till dawn. Yeah, and again, like I think perspective is always important with our podcast. Like, we may I may not love vampires as much as everybody else, but it's I like that we have a different perspective. Like, I don't love them, but here's the ones I like. So yeah, and Dustil Dawn. And another thing that I love about it is like um, smaller actors uh, who have a role in it, such as like uh, Savini, Fred Williamson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just love how these like smaller actors from the genre. Are, are in this film. Is that Selma Hayek? She's also in it. Yes. Okay. Yep. So well, we, we can't not mention her. Right, right. And she does a weird little snake dance. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, you talk about it like you haven't seen it more than once. Oh, yeah. Man, Robert Rodriguez, with some of his earlier films, I'm thinking of this and The Faculty. The Faculty God, is so good. unbelievably good. Yeah. Unbelievably good. Uh, not to talk about The Faculty for too long, but I, I, I saw it like when I was a kid and I've seen it so many times since, but I rewatched it like two months ago. And it, I say this a lot, it blew my mind again, like two months ago. So I was like, this is what I want movies to be, and nothing is this. But it's also uh, written by Kevin Williamson. Kevin Williamson. Yeah. And it was kind of that, that it was actually watching the faculty that made me watch something we forgot to talk about at the top of the show Scream. Uh, it made me watch. Uh, the Scream TV series, which is not written by Kevin Williamson, mm. but it got me in the mood. I was like, gosh, I love this dialogue. It's uh, The faculty is amazing. I wish that was a vampire movie because that would be on my list. Mm. But yeah, Robert Rodriguez's early works are so good, but uh, stuff he's been doing lately has not been great. Like Machete Kills is terrible. Yeah. Machete's fun. Machete. But second one's bad. The second one's awful. I, I hope he doesn't make another one because I want him to do take his talent somewhere else. Correct. Uh, Sin City 2 was also bad. But please, he directed Sin City 2. Him and Frank Miller again. Oh my gosh. Give me your three. Duh. All right. My number three vampire movie, favorite vampire movie is a movie you already spoke about. And that is What We Do in the Shadows. Yes. And this movie almost might as well just be number one. The only reason it's not is because it came out last year. Uh -huh. um, but I am an unabashed. I think everybody is, so it's not new. But uh, I'm an unabashed lover of this movie. Um, I've seen it like six times and it came out like last really? year. Yeah. I've seen it quite a bit. I have it on Blu-ray and it's just 10 bucks at Hastings, which that is, is now closed. Gone. Goodbye. Hastings. I'm so sad. It was probably like $2 during like those final days of their you know, sell. It was, and it was there. And that kind of upset me. I, <laughs> I got my use out of it for the $10, but, um, Getting it for two would have Did been better. Did you notice that like any of the stuff they had there, like you got uh, Serpent and the Rainbow really cheap. I paid $25 for that. I paid like eight fifty. Yeah. We got a lot of Scream Factory stuff really cheap at uh, Hastings during their sale, which sucks, but oh well. Got to take it. Got to take it. Yes, smoke them if you got them. There you go. If the shoe fits. <laughs> if it ain't broke. Don't fix it. Yes. Um, so what we do in the shadows, I, I feel like everybody's already seen it. They know it. It's so, so, so funny. Um, I find it hard to think things are funny. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But man. I just had an idea. I kind of feel like uh, Shaun of the Dead gets mimicked so much, and it would be great to see what we do in the shadows mimicked now. Yeah, it'd be great to see people trying to cash in on that because there are some there are some really good zombie comedies now, and mm -hmm. I feel like that's because of Shaun of the Dead. There's also some really bad ones, but yeah, that'd be great to see what we do in the shadows mimicked. Yeah, it's it's just. Um, 
it's so unique in its comedy because it's from the guys, the Flight of the Concords guys, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it it just has this unique, uh, I'm gonna say like idiosyncratic weirdness, but it's so goddamn funny. You know, we've talked about it before, but just a quick, quick examples are like the bloody dishes. Mm. Is somebody going to clean these bloody dishes? And they're bloody dishes. Who let Peter out? <laughs> Peter got him. Peter in general, who is a Nosferatu type vampire. Yes. Is. <laughs> and yet we care for these characters as well. Yes. Oh, yeah. I love them. And I felt, you know, uh, I, I don't want to spoil what happens to Peter, but it, it's very tragic. And I, I, I'm still sad about it. Yeah. Because um, that's my guy. Uh, you know, there's a story that, that one of the vampires tells about how Peter uh, 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 bit him and made him a vampire. And it's the stupidest thing in the world. <laughs> like, it's like 800,000 years ago, I was walking down a long, dark path. And I, I looked up and saw a castle on the hill. And, you know, fast forward. And, and, and this bat picked me up and took me and and beat me and drained my blood and at the last minute uh asked me to drink his blood and i was thirsty so i took it and and uh uh that was peter <laughs> and we're still friends today and it shows peter and he's just sitting in a chair like i don't think peter has any dialogue peter doesn't but he's the funniest thing in the movie yeah it's just fantastic one of the best comedies ever and like i was trying to say like i don't find that many things that funny and this has me dying and still dying. Like it's it's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. What we do in the shadows, a movie that makes me love vampires when I when I don't really care about the genre. So that's super cool. A plus. Um, what we do in the shadows, A plus. It was uh, on my top five from last year. Um, and honestly, probably should have even been higher. One of the best vampire movies ever made. What we do in the shadows. What is your number two? Welcome to Fright Night. Okay. For real. So the OG Fright Night. Yes. Um, I remember the first time I watched you know, it. You know what? What? The? My number two is Fright Night. Is it? So go, Interesting. Go ahead. I okay. think, yeah, we have synergy here. Our number twos are Fright Night. Okay. So the first time I watched Fright Night, I was led to believe that it's a comedy. And it's not. Not really. It is a solid, solid vampire film. I don't know if it got tagged with that uh, title maybe because of people thought the effects were cheesy. I don't know. But it's not. A comedy, in my opinion, mm-hmm. it is a straightforward, solid I vampire think it, I film. I think it has comedic elements, but I, I would not call it a comedy. No, yeah, not I'm at sure. all. Uh, I'm sure everybody knows the premise. Uh, vampire lives next door to this boy. Nobody believes the boy. He decides to take matters uh, into his own hands. And like when I think like classic '80s horror films, I mean that's got to be at the top of the list. A hundred percent. It's I just agree. such an iconic, fun vampire film. It's like one of the few vampire films. It's one of the few films, period, that I could like turn on with my girlfriend and she'd be okay with it. <laughs> right. Anything just... else she's sticking her nose up in the air at, you know? <laughs> I feel like that says a lot about Fright Night. <laughs> Are you sure that says a lot about Fright Night? Yeah, because it's that good. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's how I would describe Fright Night. Iconic. Classic. Yeah, yeah, I think you summed it up really well. Uh, I want to throw in a couple things. Uh, One of the coolest things about Fright Night, and it is in the remake as well, but what I I love that it takes this uh, rear window type uh, idea setup. Like one of my favorite movies of all time, like all time favorites, is Rear Window, Alfred Hitchcock's film. And I have a special relationship with that movie, but I love, love Rear Window. And I love that uh, they just kind of said, let's do Rear Window with a kid and a vampire. And, uh, it's, it's just awesome. It's, I love his relationship with his girlfriend in the movie, which is like really atypical. And I've never seen that in a movie where like the guy, like he has the hot girl, but he's not interested in her. Exactly. And I I know it kind of sounds like, oh, whatever, uh, that would never happen. And that is true. That would never happen. But I, I, I love that aspect of the movie. Here's my thing. I want to be Charlie. Oh, I yeah. want to have a late night horror program that I can watch. That I'm into, and that I that I later become friends with, uh, you know, with the host. I want a vampire next door. I want to get into a wacky adventure where I pull the police over there, only for them to think I'm an idiot. That's just awesome. Absolutely, it's just fun. It's cool. It's tight. Um, I I I to this day when I rewatch it, which I I rewatched it a couple, uh, I think a month ago. I showed it to my brother, and one of the things I love the most is the rear window aspect where he gets caught watching. Um, Jerry, 
Jerry Dandridge, thank you. And and that's the rear window aspect that happens in rear window as well. But I just it's it's impossible not to put yourself in that position where you're watching a vampire suck on a woman's neck, and he just looks up and sees you watching him. Right. Uh, that, to to this day, I know it's like kind of a fun movie. It's not really scary. That terrifies me. Being caught watching somebody commit something like that. Uh, so I love love that about the movie. This just kind of popped into the top of my head. You know what would make a great double feature? Fright Night and The Burbs. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's the exact kind of same How about, vibe you know, feeling premise. You know, you know what would make a great double feature? Well, Anything in The Burbs. <laughs> the Burbs yes, is no, one of the best movies ever yeah. made. It, can we ever figure out a way to get The Burbs onto one of our horror lists? How could, What list could we do? Because it would be number Top one. Top five Joe Dante films. No, oh, know. well, Gremlins would be number one. Let's do top five Joe. Uh, maybe for Christmas we should do top five Joe Dante. Yeah, I don't know if people would listen to that. Yeah. No, for Christmas we need to do top five Christmas, and then commit to it, and then not do it like Halloween. Exactly. All right. So <laughs> I feel like I had more to say on Friday. I do too, but I can't. I can't think. I feel like I'm. I'm. I'm selling it so much that I'm not going to sell my number one as I well. I kind of also feel like uh, people know Friday though, right? Yeah, that's true. But it's fun to hear people talk about a movie you like. Is it yeah. not? Yeah. I don't know. Fright Night, one of the best. Oh, movies. I remembered. I mentioned early in the pod how I hate the seductiveness of vampires, but Fright Night is one of those films where I can tolerate it. You well, know, I like love- whenever, whenever I think it's Charlie, whenever he sees uh, Jerry has his girlfriend like in the club, and yeah, he's like dancing say, with yeah. him, and he like bites her or whatever. Uh, like that would probably like turn me off any other time, but with Fright Night, I'm like okay with it. Well, and, like I, I hope this doesn't sound stupid to say, but like how hot that club scene is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's not like hot, like oh, I'm getting steamy or anything, but it, it's a hot scene. Uh, now, when when he seduces his girlfriend. I have seen part two. Uh, it's also Tommy Lee Wallace, I believe. Yeah, I've never... I, I'm dying to see it. I've never seen it's part two. It's supposed to be Jerry's sister. Uh, I used to have it on VHS. No idea what happened to it. And you wouldn't be able to play it. And I would absolutely love to revisit it if I could somehow. Yeah, you can get... Did Twilight Time put that out? Or just no, the first one? No, it's never... Uh, two has rights issues. It's never come out in the US. People say it never will. There's a Blu-ray on eBay that's a bootleg you can get for 30 bucks. Region free. Region free, but it's a bootleg. Um, I'm going to get that at some point because I've never seen two. And we're not talking about the remake sequel. Oh, God. The remake sequel's bad. It's awful. But I, I think what's funny here is how much we've talked about Fright Night, not only the original, but the sequel. That's how good like this idea is. And again, yeah. it's taken, of course, from your window and it has all these influences. But the movies are freaking awesome. Yes. I'm definitely going OG over remake. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No question. You did. I mean, you already did your list. Of course you're going. Mm, <laughs> duh, huh? Well, my number one is the Fright Night remake. I don't know if I would like the remake if it wasn't Anton. Mm, I think I well. That's just how much I like it. If it were another charismatic lead, I would. It's it's a good movie. Yeah. But uh, you're right. Anton certainly helps out. Uh, rest in peace, Anton Yelchin. We, we miss him. Yes, we do. Very sad. So I guess, why don't you do your number one? My number one. Is from 1995. Uh oh. And if you follow me on Twitter, which you don't, I you know would, what it is. I you, just remembered what it is. You would know how much I love this man. Yes. And I don't understand why he doesn't get more credibility. I think his films are kind of inaccessible, they're hard to get. Just last year, Scream Factory put out a set of this man's work. I'm talking about Larry Fessenden. Well, I, just to, what I meant was that's like a $50 set. And so I, I, find I got it as a Christmas present, <laughs> but people don't just get Larry, the Larry Fessenden collection Lock for sets. Christmas, <laughs> right? Unless you're Eric, Eric Hoff. Hoff. Yes, yeah. exactly. But please go ahead. I had never seen a Larry Fessenden film up until this point. And one thing that really attracts me to Larry Fessenden is he's like very left wing agenda. Let's protect the environment uh, type of message in his films. Mm-hmm. And the best film uh, on this set, it is a vampire film that he did in 95 called Habit. It's a vampire film. He plays this man by the name of Sam. He wrote, directed, produced. I think he edited it as well. You know, his hands are all over this film. I would call it a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. You know, this is Larry Fessenden's masterpiece. Not the fish movie? Killer Mermaid with Franco Nero, or am I getting confused with my killer fish films? Anyways. I'm, not, I'm talking about Fish Boy. Fish Boy. He plays this young man. He's probably older than us. At the start of the film, his father has died. And he's just gotten out of a long-term relationship. So he's down in the dumps. This is your cemetery man of this episode. And he meets this girl who may or may not be a vampire. 
And what follows is this commentary on romantic and family relationships, uh, drug use, even safe sex practices. And it's just a hell of a film. I guess the reason I dig it so much is because I guess I identify with that character mm -hmm. of being sad and bummed and lonely and isolated. And on drugs. And it's um, it's such a, I don't want to say powerful film. Cause sure, because no, that sounds corny. That's fine. but I remember when the climax explodes when it reaches when it reaches its peak. Right, it was just like, oh my god! And I had to like rewind it right away just so I could witness what I had just seen again. God, it's such a good film. Uh, such a good. Film. How many times have you seen Habit? Twice. I find it fascinating that your your number one movie is you know you you only saw Habit like only a year ago or correct or so, and and I and I'm not diminishing that. I'm saying that it's it must be that good because it's over fright night. Right. Identified with it. Yeah. That much. Yeah. Um, gosh, it's so good. Uh, the other day we were hanging out we were, we watched a film on shutter habits available on shutter. And I told Keegan, if there was only one film he was allowed to watch on shutter <laughs> to watch <laughs> habit. Yes. It's so good. I just wish Fessenden. I, and he's very active. You know, he like produces all like Ty yeah. West films. He's you know, in he, a ton of stuff. He too. always has small little cameos. He has, he had a small cameo in Stakeland too that I was excited about. I, I just watched in a Valley of violence. He's got a, it's, it's actually a sizable role. Uh, uh, he was killed in your next. Yeah. I just, man, Larry Festadin is such a good, talented filmmaker and habit is fantastic. Well, I think your enthusiasm speaks volumes, both figuratively and literally. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I haven't, you know, I haven't seen Habit, so I wish I could talk about it. But um, I definitely will, obviously, because it's your number one. I'm going to have to check it out. I almost feel like I stumbled upon it. You know, yeah. it was like the Scream Factory ask, put out this box set. Let me ask you first. On the box set, did is this the first one you watched? I, it wasn't. It was the second film I watched. Yeah, so that's even weirder. And the only reason I watched it in that order is because that's the way the discs were in, okay. the, in the set. See, like I, I got, for instance, I got the full G box set and it had three films and it had a, a, a New York Ripper, House by a Cemetery and City of the Living Dead. He also has that small role in We Are Still Here. <laughs> Ted Geo Gagan. He does. And that movie's awesome. But yes. I, was, I was just going to say that uh, I watched New York Ripper first. So I feel like I'm like, that was my favorite from the set, but I know it's not the best, but I feel like it was because I watched it first. So that's why I asked oh. you. No, yeah, I just watched it in order because that's the way it was. Like, I didn't know what I was getting into. Yeah. I just kind of like randomly watched this. And then I didn't realize that I was just going to like fall in love with this guy and his work. Habit. Habit. Yes. Well, I mean, certainly want to check it out now, especially from your enthusiastic comments. Um, so please tell us your number one. Well, my number one won't be anywhere near as fun uh, because we already sort of spoke about it. And I don't think I'll get as enthusiastic as you did. So I can't, I can't follow up uh, your number one. Uh, but my number one is The Lost Boys. Okay. And uh, as you Interesting already, pick. Why? From you. The reason, okay, I mean, if you want to know, the reason it's my number one vampire movie is the moment someone says to me, or the moment we spoke and we said, we should do a vampire episode. I go, okay, well, Lost Boys, and then what's next? Fright Night. Okay, what's next? The first thing I think of when I think of a vampire movie that I like, it's Lost Boys. Because I, if you can't tell, I love 80s nostalgia. I, I I didn't live in the 80s. I was born in 1991. But anything that can put me in the 70s or 80s, and I mean put me there, uh, it's like my favorite thing in the world. And what I love about The Lost Boys is, of course, the cast. and But like I always say, it's the look. But it's the feeling and the music and how they're on the boardwalk and how they hang off the bridge and the music and their hair. Uh it just, it lives and breathes. Um, 80s. 80s. So I, I, I don't know. I love, I love if it, it takes you right there to being there. And I was never there. So I find it absolutely intoxicating to be in the 80s. And then, um, of course, uh, Kiefer Sutherland is awesome in the movie. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm a huge fan. Pretty much any movie that Corey Feldman was in during this era are like my favorite movies of all time, like The Burbs, which is a little mm. later, but still, and Goonies. So yeah, just Lost Boys. I, I, I honestly, I think it's the most important thing is the way it feels, the way you just feel like you're in the 80s is is, is unquestionably 
why I love the movie. And then, of course, just the cool vampire stuff. And it's kind of similar to Fright Night in ways because, like, they don't want to invite the guy in to their house. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. And 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 the mom invites him in, and they're like, "No, mommy can't invite him in and stuff." Uh, also, the <laughs> this goes with the '80s and the look, but the sunglasses, like the the older brother wears the sunglasses like at night and indoors, right? And I just. I don't care how it sounds. I wish I could do that. Like, I wish I could pull off wearing a leather jacket sure. and wearing sunglasses, uh, black wayfarers in my house. Right. Um, so <laughs> I love it. I love lost boys. And like you said, oddly Joel Schumacher, who has made horrible movies since. Um, but yeah, lost one boys. thing about living in Santa Carla, all the damn vampires. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Love it. Lost boys. Good stuff. It's a it's a classic for me, uh, and, that, and that's exactly what I was saying. Like Lost Boys, Fright Night. Okay, what after that? Right, and that was why they're my one and two because I'm not a big vampire guy, and those two are the best. And sure. then you know I'm gonna re- you want to recap? Let's let's recap your list before we get out of here. Okay, sure. Uh, my number five was the Fright Night remake. Number four was Lost Boys. Three from Dust Till Dawn. Two was the OG Fright Night, and number one was Larry Fessenden's Habit. We didn't have. Okay, we had two movies on our list that are the same, Fright Night and Lost Boys, right? Mm-hmm. So I've got my number five was Near Dark. My number four was Let the Right One In and Let Me In. My number three is uh, What We Do in the Shadows. My number two is Fright Night. So was yours. And my number one is Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. Solid lineup. So there you go. Vampires. See, there's great vampire films out there. Well, again, there are great vampire films, but there's five of them. Eight? If we count my three? Okay, okay. You ready? Ten, ten, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. No, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, but you know what? Like, neither of us are into like the Hammer films. That's you true. know, we're not into the fucking Christopher Lee shit. You know, wait, wait, wait. You're not saying it's shit. You're saying no, no, his no, no, stuff. No, no. His stuff. Sure, right? No, I got exactly. You. you know, I just want to be clear. You're not saying it's shit. Vampire lesbians. You know, we're we we're not knowledgeable on that stuff. You know, yeah. and I'm sure a lot of that stuff is good too. Vampires, lesbos. Um, yeah. And I think that just comes down to, I've never really cared about, uh, the, the lore behind vampires, the creatures. Right. And usually it's that, um, I did like one sexy film on my lit on my honorable mentions and it was, uh, it, mostly because it felt had a seventies vibe and that was kiss of the damned. But, um, I don't really, I don't know. I just never, never really liked vampires. I'm also not a werewolf guy. I'm not really a, not really a creature mon. Well, I like creatures like creature features, but um, I guess, like you said, kind of the classic universal monsters. I respect. I love some of those early films. They're like, the like uh, Frankenstein's monster or uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon and stuff. But I just they they don't. They're not my favorite things in the world. Is all I'm saying. And so I'm with you. Yeah, it just the ones I and that's kind of why the ones I like I kind of love. And apart from that, I could care less about any of them. So that's it. That was our top five. Vampire favorite films. vampire films. Yep. Maybe we'll come back sooner. Maybe we'll come back later. <laughs> Hopefully, um, I don't know when we'll have another episode. I okay. Let's commit to it now. I think we're gonna do found footage next. I think okay. it's a really good topic. Okay. And both of us kind of like found footage quite a bit. Sure. I want to see found footage 3D a lot. That's been getting a lot oh, of yeah, positive buzz. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we'll see that before we do our next episode. Unfortunately. Yeah. But um. Yeah, found footage will be fun. I feel like a lot of people don't like found footage. I like, kind of similar to vampires, I like good found footage, and I don't really get upset about the bad ones. I feel like people conflate the bad ones into being the genre, and it's not. I kind of feel like found footage is a genre that uh, blew up and then kind of It's completely gone, yeah. Whereas that won't happen with vampires. No, vampires, vampires, around. That's vampires good point. are here to stay. That's a good point. And I think it's because they're that classic monster. They're that classic uh, Dracula. I mean, sure. and, and I think it's, like you said, we really didn't include any Dracula movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, I, you know, I'm not really a big Dracula guy. Baby, let me suck your blood. Just never really appeared to me. Your blood. He blood. never appeared to you, huh? He never came to you at night as a vampire? Appealed. As a bat? Appealed to me. Yes. So... Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Ghoul Squad podcast. Yes. Where can you find us? Let me me tell you where they can find us. They can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Ghoul Squad FM. And if you're going to follow us anywhere, Instagram. That's probably where we're most active. We like to post films that we've recently watched. Message us on any of the platforms and we'll and we'll we'll certainly shout you out. Oh, we have one shout out we didn't do. Wicked Window, I believe their name is Productions. And Film Fed. 
uh oh film fed yeah they uh, uh film fed's been really cool to us they've, they've talked to us quite a bit but um uh uh, Wicked Window Productions. We won like a, a gift from them for their short film, uh, The Gift, and it was <laughs> they sent us a box with a fake heart in it uh, in the mail. So that's cool. So, anyways, Wicked Window, we we appreciate that, and go check them out. I think they're at Wicked Production. No, at Wicked Window Productions. But uh, search them on Google. They're they're cool. Um, yeah, uh, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, like Eric already said, especially yes. Instagram at Ghoul Squad FM, mm-hmm. and uh, write in with your favorite vampire films. Or tell us your favorite because we're doing our next episode. We're committing to it. It will be found footage. Tell us what your favorite found footage movies are, and we'll we'll talk about it on the podcast. We'll we'll throw your name out there with which ones you guys like. Yep. So that would be cool. And I think that is it for this episode of the Ghoul Squad podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, we hope this is a good episode. We every time we turn the the recording off, we go, boy, that one sucked. That was bad. So uh, and we haven't been proven right yet. So. Um, maybe one episode we'll do our top five favorite episodes of the podcast. You say that I think at the end of every episode. I don't think I do. Uh, one last time. Thank you for listening. You're about to hear, uh, uh, an old song from Eric, Mr. Eric Hoff here. 10 plus years ago. He was in a band. I was in a horror punk band called Prom Night Girls. (laughs) He hates having to explain this, but I think it's fun because at least you know what it is. And no one's listening at this point anyway, right? I would hope not. Anyways, I love horror punk. I love horror films. I don't love Keegan. Thank you for listening. Goodbye, everyone.